Creates Art Podcast. Project. Writing and podcasting a novel in 30 days. Welcome, friend, to Create Art Podcast, where we create more than we consume. I'm Timothy Kimo O'Brien, your head instigator, with over 20 years in arts and education, helping you to tame your inner critic and provide you with commentary, interviews, discussions, and projects that will inspire you to create art. Now, this month, I'll be podcasting daily and writing a novel in 30 days. I'm participating in Nay Pod Pomo and Nay No Rimo. Makes me feel like I'm back in the military with all these acronyms, folks. That's National Podcasting Post Month and National Novel Writing Month. You're going to be able to listen to what I wrote for the day and read it at the same time on the website, createartpodcast.com. Remember, I like things kind of simple, okay? I like to practice what I preach when it comes to art, so I'm challenging myself to write and have you come along for the ride. Now, I hope this inspires you to accomplish your goals with your art. And if you'd like to share what you're doing, email me, timothy at createartpodcast.com. Now, if you want to get involved, head on over to createartpodcast.com and you'll be able to see the daily posts with the word count that I do every day as well as the text that I do. Feel free to comment on those daily posts. And remember, folks, this is a novel that is coming fresh out of my mind. So it should make some sense. I have an idea where it's going to go. But you may be able to go ahead and help me uh, with the direction of the actual novel. And every day you're going to be hearing me reading those uh, posts to you. So I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's very exciting. I'm a little bit apprehensive, but I think we can do it. All right. Well, get out there and create more than you consume. And here is today's writing. Okay, we've made it to 3 November 2020. Today's count was 1,644, which brings my cumulative total up to 5,151. And I think there was a Van Halen song or a Van Halen album named 5150 or something like that. But if you want to uh, write in, let me know, please do. So here we go. Carl sat in the sterile exam room. There were a few magazines on the wall, magazine rack, that he internally laughed at. Home and Garden, Urology Today, and a few home improvement periodicals. Nothing really to spark his interest to pick up any of the rags, so he went to his dog-eared copy of the Paris Review. He decided to skip ahead and read the rest of the poetry. A few of the pieces spoke to him, not in a profound way, but enough to notice the subject matter. The time seemed to drag, and he looked at the posters on the wall of the various body parts and internal organs. He wondered how someone got that type of work. Medical diagramming to be seemed to be such a waste of talent, or just a way for someone to make an easy buck. How much competition was there in making these diagrams, and how did they you know get the source material to inspire someone to draw these things up? They all seemed to have a wetness to them. In every doctor's office he saw them, 
and really wondered if other people looked at them and said to themselves, I wish my insides looked like that. He gazed briefly at the image of the brain. It was sectioned off so nicely and looked so pink and juicy, extremely healthy. None of them showed the reduced electrical output from a deformity or what a tumor really looked like. The brain depicted probably came from somebody who was so disgustingly positive it'd make him vomit. That brain was not a picture of his own. Not that he was depressed or a negative person. It's just that in his current condition, he could not imagine his brain looking so pristine. The pictures of his brain looked grainy. And when the docs initially pointed out the tumor, it was like looking at an old TV with a ton of static. Or when he was a kid trying to look at porn from the cable channels. It did not register with him. And it's not because of his tumor that it did not register. His ex-wife couldn't make heads or tails of what they were looking at. Of course, neither one of them were medical experts, and neither one devoted years of their lives looking at those obscure pictures. It was like trying to find Where's Waldo, except you didn't have a, uh, a color picture to look at, or you were colorblind. The knock at the door to the exam room was firm, maybe a little too firm. It meant that the doctor was ready to see him. It broke him out of his thoughts on medical artistic representations. Come on in, Doc, said Carl, weakly. He heard his own voice, and it did not possess the usual robust energy behind it. Maybe it was because he was not on equal equal ground. The doctor had more information about him than he had on himself, and that made him feel lesser of a person. Maybe he was weary from the number of doctor appointments, like this he had experienced over the years. Good morning, Carl. Sorry I'm a little late and had to finish up with another patient. How are we feeling today? Came the most mechanical response from this brain doctor. Carl had told two other people how he was, and they each told him that they would tell the next person. This was one of the multiple things he hated about the medical field. Well, like I told your receptionist and intake nurse, I'm doing swimmingly. Never felt better in my life, was Carl's curt reply. It was a stupid question in Carl's mind because no matter how often he said things, it did not make him feel better. Oh, because I was looking over the notes for my nurse and it looks like you had another episode this morning. Are you feeling okay? Any dizziness or nausea happening right now? The doctor replied, after years of practice, he was used to some of his uh, patients. He was used to some of his patients in Carl's position being snarky with him. Nope, just had an episode that I put down on the tracker here, said Carl. He began to pull out his notebook tracker and just left it unopened on his lap. Well, tell me what happened in your own words. It looks like uh, in my notes... It's been pretty consistent over these past few months, right? Replied the doc. I had a rough one last night. Um, Couldn't get to sleep easily. Got up this morning, went to the coffee shop. Sat down to read before coming here. And when I started to put cream cheese on my bagel, I felt woozy from my frontal lobe and it worked its way to the center. I was fine and I started reading. I must have passed out or zoned out with my eyes open. 
The barista shook me a little bit, and I came to right away. Um, I also had my phone alarm set for 9 a.m. to make sure that I was here on time. Carl emphasized the words on time so that the doctor would get the hint that he was not a happy camper waiting to be seen. Okay, well, that's a common symptom related to your tumor. It's not in that area of your brain, but it can affect you in that manner. Was there a loss of uh, smell or hearing, asked the doctor, putting his notes into his portable laptop? Not that I noticed. I mean, I could smell the coffee just fine. No loss of taste after the episode. I just blurred out uh, a few minutes. It's more of annoyance because it's not increasing as far as I can tell, replied Carl. Well, I, I definitely want to get another MRI done to rule out the tumor, putting pressure on other parts of your brain. Your last one was about three weeks ago, and I read the results and showed small, steady growth, but nothing out of the ordinary for your condition. I think we should consider getting more aggressive with this tumor, though. Have you ever have you given any thought about my recommendations on the chemo treatment, asked the doctor. Well, I thought about it, and I like my hair where it is. Frankly, makes me more attractive for the other divorcees out there, replied Carl. You are right. There are some side effects with chemo, but I think we are getting to the point where we, uh, where the watch and wait method may not be doing you any good. The short-term effects of radiation therapy may outweigh the long-term effects of stopping the growth and possibly reversing it. All we are doing right now is putting a finger in a dam that could burst any time, said the doctor. When would we start the treatments and what are the short-term effects? I mean... Quite frankly, I have to work to pay off your yacht, so if I can't work, then these little talks we're having will have to stop, said Carl. I would still want to get a recent MRI in and do some blood work, but we could get you started on treatment by the uh, by the new year. We could run the first barrage for two months, one week on and two weeks off, and reassess where we're at. We may need to go in for a stronger uh, treatment session on the second barrage if needed. Now, during your week of treatment, you would uh, be weak, so I would say if you must work, you work from home. We can write up something for your job. Once the first treatment is done, and if a second treatment is needed, I'd recommend we wait about three to six months before we begin uh, treatment again. Now, if a second treatment is needed, we can reassess again at that time to see if this bought you any more time. I've seen it uh, in the past where one treatment made a world of dim- uh, difference and the tumor regressed. Not remission, mind you, but regressed and the patient added a few years to their life expectancy, said the doctor. Were they a guy or a girl, asked Carl. What? replied the doctor. Was the patient a guy or a girl, asked Carl again. To protect their privacy, you know, I can't answer that. Besides, it doesn't make a difference. They had more time with their family, replied the doctor, slightly annoyed. Well, there is a difference. I'm not married, and I don't have family that is able to take care of me during these weak periods while I'm getting treatments. I'd have to hire a nurse to take care of me along during these times. And that hot nurse is going to... And what hot nurse is going to take care of me when I'm vomiting all over the place and my hair falls out? Really, this is not helping me put out. Uh, it, this is really this is not helping me out 
on the hunt for the next ex-wife. You are not giving me any good options, are you? Asked Carl. This is not part of my job description. I'm here to help you have a long, productive life, not search for the next ex-wife. I want you to really think about it. Like I said, I've seen this help other patients, and I believe your tumor will respond well. And once it does, then you can go and get uh, the next. You can go on the next ex-wife search. Joked the doctor. Touche, Doc. You're right. It's not in your job description. Okay, here's the game plan. We stay on the whole watchful waiting. You let me know when we either piss or get off the pot and do the treatment. We are not at this point yet in my professional opinion. Just tell me when I should look at what I should look out for so I know when to make that call with you, said Carl. And that is the story so far. Thank you for listening to Create Art Podcast, where we help you create more than you consume. And this has been a production of Gagglepod Studios. Gagglepod, since 2016, we've been helping creatives tell their stories through podcasting. And a few of our other shows are War Yankee, where Kyle Bondo explores the battles of the Civil War that happened in his backyard. Podwrecked, where Tim and Kyle help you survive your podcast. And Tim's latest production, Clearly Obtuse, where Tim explores what an avant-garde podcast sounds like. You can see all of our shows at gagglepod.com. We hope to see you there. And until next time, create more than you consume. <laughs>